Hello and welcome to the Digital of Business and Business of Digital podcast where we interview thought leaders, industry experts and professionals behind the successful and inspiring digital marketing campaigns. This podcast is brought to you by Lingjoy, a tool that helps you get 10x out of your digital presence by creating branded links, curated pages and LinkedIn bio. Subscribe now and start your journey towards becoming a digital marketing pro. Hello everybody. How are you? Today we have Lena with us and she is going to discuss building self branding through LinkedIn and it's important. What Lena has done in past. So Lena is a product manager turned entrepreneur. She after getting her first taste of entrepreneurship while running an innovation lab as a product manager quit her job in Feb 2020. And from that day till now she has been experimenting with her own ideas. In the meantime she has written a book called The Making of Product Manager. Thanks Lena, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks so much Sahil, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I was thrilled when you invited me on this podcast, so it's it's nice to be here. Um yeah, as you mentioned, uh you know, I used to be a product manager and I spent a lot of time building a lot of software, um a lot of enterprise software and fintech, and then later I led an innovation team as a product manager as Sahil mentioned as well. Uh it was absolutely amazing. I loved that job. It was the first time that I was involved in the actual ideation side of product management instead of the execution. Uh so it was really interesting to learn even just how to conduct good customer interviews, how to do rapid prototyping and come up with kind of quick hack hacky kind of prototypes to show to clients. Uh 6 months in, I ended up actually leaving that job because the company restructured and things kind of changed a little bit. So I basically had the the chance to essentially just take a bit of a break from my career and uh figure out what I want to do next. And so I wanted to basically start testing my own ideas. And yeah, that that's basically what I've been doing for a year now and in the process of it through through learning how to kind of test my own ideas, I've also stumbled across the concept of a personal brand and an audience on social media and so that's what i've been doing a lot of for the last 6 months is essentially building up my identity outside of a job and a current project that i can essentially that transcends those things and basically use this brand to generate more opportunities for myself on the side as well so it's it's been quite a journey yeah so i have two three very quick questions which are lined up with uh, what you are saying right so uh, were you curious from the beginning or it was while working in the innovation lab that you understood the importance of testing and that is why in the last one year you have done a lot of testing so what was that uh, thing set in you from earlier days or uh, did that job at the innovation lab help you in understanding that testing is important uh, or uh, experimenting is you know uh, important in a way to uh, on a journey for innovation great question yeah so Ever since an early age, like probably around university, I always had a dream to start my own company, but it it was kind of just something I said. I I didn't really know what it meant. I I thought that people started companies by like the first thing you did is incorporate the company and then you just magically get products and I didn't understand that world at all. Um so it always was something I wanted to do, but I didn't understand how to do it. I had no ideas or anything. So when I started working in the innovation lab, That was the first time that I'd actually truly been exposed to the entrepreneurial world because I was working with an entrepreneur in residence who was a serial entrepreneur basically and so he 
taught us kind of, you know, he told us about his past projects, his past products and all that stuff. And it actually, he really opened my eyes to essentially the possibility that I could do it myself because I always just, it felt like such a huge barrier, right? So the innovation lab was kind of the first time that I'd figured out what the first few steps are and, and essentially exactly what it looks like when people innovate on new products. So I think the innovation lab was really when I realized that this is truly what I want to do or I want to try. And I now actually have the means like I know, okay, if I have an idea, here are the first few steps that I can take to actually test it. And that's what allowed me to essentially quit my job and, and do that full time, right? Yeah, uh, that's a great answer. Uh, when you say you quit your job, and then you started on your own journey of exploring things around what was that moment when it hit you that uh, your job title was your identity? Uh, was there any moment uh, which happened and then you were like, oh my God, I need to work on brand building because that was my brand and it has been taken or I have left those brand behind me now. I have to create another thing now. What was that moment if you can share with us? Yeah, yeah. I think there were several moments. So before I quit my job, I'd always had a LinkedIn profile. I'd had like Instagram, but I wasn't really using it the right way. In my opinion, it was just something I kind of kept on the side. And so when I first left my job, there was these kind of blissful couple weeks where I didn't know what I didn't know. And I hadn't been in, on LinkedIn enough to even know that people build a brand on it. I thought it was just Instagram or YouTube or something, right? So I actually wasn't aware that, you know, there's people out there that have a full brand outside of what they happen to be doing today. And also they have things that they're doing on the side, maybe a blog or a podcast. So it wasn't until maybe like a month in that I started to really realize because I was paying more attention to LinkedIn. I started following more people and I started seeing their headlines and their profile. And I realized that mine was just really generic. It didn't really describe what I did. And so when I started updating my profile, was when I essentially started to have an identity crisis. And I was like, I'm not a product manager anymore. And I'm not really an entrepreneur yet because I haven't really tested at least one of my ideas. So I really struggled. I actually rewrote my headline probably for a couple months and I was so confused. So it was probably a couple months in that I realized I needed to define myself better. But it wasn't until probably honestly last September, which was six months in, to me quitting my job that I actually truly understood the value, the, the concept of having an identity that isn't tied to your job. Got it. So <laughs> when we see, uh, when did that book happen? So the, uh, the book? Yeah. So you wrote it after your job, uh, after you quit, uh, quitting your job or you started while you uh, were at your job? Good question. Yeah. So when I first left my job, I tested one small idea of my own. Um, and it, it was, it was, um, I, I still think there's some potential with it, but I think I just was too, I didn't have enough skills and confidence to really kind of keep going with it. But so when I tested that product, um, it was the first time that I experienced, you know, putting something out there. I did a little beta. I had this really crappy MVP that I'd kind of taped together with, with, you know, Google sheets or something. And it was the first time that I truly experienced the, the experience of you put something out there and people don't necessarily just immediately use it all the time. Right. And so it was a bit of a shock and it was really scary because 
people tell you it's going to be hard, but you don't really believe it. And you're like, Oh, I'll figure it out. I'm a product manager. You know, I'm smart. I'll do it. But it's like, it's really hard. Right. So that was my first experience of failure as a startup entrepreneur, essentially. Um, and when I started writing the book, I actually wasn't meant to write a book. I was just going to write a blog post about how to break into product management. And then once I started interviewing these people, it was so interesting. I decided to turn it into a book and sell it. But the book was really my way of actually dealing with that failure because I went back to my comfort zone, which was writing. My dad's a writer. So I kind of, the craft has always kind of been within me. So I started writing the book about a month into to quitting my job. And it was, it was kind of a way for me to just do something that I know I'm good at and that will probably result in success. So it was definitely after, after the first product idea, actually, that I started the book. Okay. So uh, when it comes to LinkedIn, uh, let's shift to the topic now. Uh, you wrote a book, uh, you had ideas where you were experimenting things and you were doing those things. Uh, how did LinkedIn help you? Uh, or what are the things where you uh, saw? So you knew uh, TikTok, uh, TikTok is there, you knew uh, Instagram is there, you knew. Uh, so YouTube is there. Why did you choose LinkedIn in the first place? And what is there uh, where you think that this is a place where you as a person can build your brand? Great question. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me with LinkedIn was I already had some sort of a network. I think back then when I first left my job, I think I probably had around, it was definitely under a thousand, it was between 500 and a thousand connections, which was a lot more than I had on any other platform. Um, and I guess even just TikTok, um, I mean, I'm only 30, but it's kind of, I still like when I download TikTok, I'm like, what is this? And then I delete it. So I'm a bit of a, I need to be a better technologist, but LinkedIn, I already had an existing network. I understood kind of how it worked. I had people that sort of would sometimes engage with my, with my posts. And I actually tried Twitter as well, but I found Twitter really challenging because you have to really have short and I, I, I talk a lot when I try to write a blog post, it always ends up being longer. So I need to work on my Twitter. So I liked LinkedIn posts because it's a little longer form. So I could really explain kind of what I was thinking. Um, but as I started learning more about LinkedIn, I started learning that, you know, there's a ton of people on the network, but not a lot of people are actually creating content. That sounded like a really good competitive advantage. I slowly started learning. I remember the first time I saw someone that had like 20,000 followers on LinkedIn, I was completely shocked. And that's when I realized people are actually gaming this platform and building like entire audiences, right? Like, and I started to look at LinkedIn differently because to me before LinkedIn was somewhere that you went to find a job or it's somewhere that you went to talk to a recruiter, but that's, that's really completely wrong. And, And it's funny because LinkedIn and the UI, there's still some preferences for that. Like I, now, because I don't have a current role on my profile, it's constantly asking me, are you open to work or are you hiring? But I'm not either, right? So they still need to make space for this. But I've realized that LinkedIn is an opportunity generator. And as soon as I realized that, I, I knew that that was the right platform for me. Okay. So what I like to say for LinkedIn is it's a a uh, professional image builder for you in a way that uh, exactly. if you want to build your image profession, TikTok has its own uh, right and wrong ways of doing it. Uh, Instagram, it is always uh, good for influencers who are in beauty category or maybe who are into comedy and those kind of things. Uh, it is exactly. easy for them to get on those platforms. There are a lot of people who are uh, 
motivational speakers or motivating people they are also on that platform it is easy for them to get because reels are there and those kind of things but for linkedin i always feel that knowledge is the only thing which gets you viral on linkedin so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you have that professional knowledge to be there do those things then only it is uh, sustainable for you to be on that platform and continuously gain or attract more and more audience in that way so exactly when it comes to knowledge and those kind of things and uh, which which we are discussing right now and linkedin what is brand for you because everybody has a different definition about brand or brand building activities what do you think what is the definition of brand in your head I came up with actually this concept just this sentence on my own over Christmas. So I I first discovered personal branding probably in October. Um and it took me a while to really understand what it was and and it actually the thing that kind of boggled my mind was initially I thought personal brand was just for, you know, entrepreneurs or like big time entrepreneurs, maybe like yeah. public figures, but I started slowly discovering that normal people like me also can build a brand. and um so to me over christmas i did a lot of research into personal branding and i did a lot of strategy and what i figured out is a personal brand is when you when you kind of you project something into the world in terms of your audience and then they play it back to you and it's really about every single touch point that everyone it's the same as a company right like every single experience that someone has with you whether it's your newsletter whether it's your linkedin post maybe it's a dm message or even a zoom call there's yeah. just a certain kind of feeling that people get and a certain kind of impression and i think that's kind of what the brand is and what i found really really cool is if you try to kind of portray your brand through your posts and your videos or whatever kind of medium you're producing content through over time if you're doing it effectively people will actually start to play that back to you so for example i try to focus on like transparent content authentic yeah. content kind of you know showing my failures and trying to motivate people and when people tell me hey i love your content they they tell me those exact things that i'm trying to do and i think it's that feedback loop right so that yeah. that's kind of how i think about branding personal branding especially great so uh, it's a great articulation of personal branding is what i uh, would like to say in this context and uh, when it comes to personal branding i i like the way you say that uh, the way you do dms or uh, uh, the way you interact in dms is also brand building activity at the end of the day mm-hmm. because a lot of people uh, so there is a concept you don't uh, need 1 lakh followers you need uh, 100 good uh, genuine followers in that way exactly so 100 yeah. uh, 100 fans concept or 1000 fan concepts is uh, what there is in marketing somewhere i read it somewhere i don't remember it now <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, sense, yeah. so uh, do you also believe in those things uh, making your first 1000 loyal followers or first 1000 loyal fans and then scaling it up or creating just content for those 1000 people so that you know that uh, i am creating for this 100 people in the way that these are the 100 people who like my content and i just want to create it for them if other people like it is it is okay but i want to create this for these 100 people only i think definitely i mean as 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 kind of like a product manager and someone who's been in the startup space for a bit you know niching down is so critical especially when you're when you have a smaller audience and be really specific and i think i need to get better with that cuz the idea the ideal situation is that you're known for one thing right and you kind of have your own spin on it but it's like a narrow topic and 
the whole idea is you want to have raving fans, right? Like you don't want to have 10,000 people that like sort of like your content. You'd rather have a hundred people that really, really like your content mm-hmm. to the point that they actually message you directly or they'll add you on LinkedIn. They won't just send you a connection request, but they'll say something like, yeah. I abs- absolutely love your content for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, when you know you're on the right track and later you can scale because I think the way that I think about kind of brand building and and social media in general, in terms of picking what topic you can speak on, you have to kind of build some credibility first. And if you have, if you're trying to build credibility on five topics, like it might not be as efficient. So I think it's best to start with one, really focus in on that, be perceived as an expert, get the, get the right to essentially start posting content about that, that people trust. And then you can slowly start adding more and more like niches But I think starting with a narrow focus where you can find highly engaged people that not only love your content, but are willing to actually give you feedback so you can further improve and then, and then you scale. Like, I I think to me, personal branding is the same thing as product development. You start with a narrow audience, solve their problems really, really well, have them promote you through word of mouth, and then you scale over time. Right. So, yeah. I think that's a, uh, I think great analogy between product development and personal brand. Uh, whenever we see a uh, personal brand, uh, that is also a product that people are trying to develop at the end of the day and uh, product itself is a product. Uh, what are the key points which you feel uh, are same in both ways or there are different models. Uh, so for marketing, there is IDA model, which we say awareness, interest, desire, and then uh, uh, interact uh, action. So uh, do you feel there are some models in project management, which people who are, uh, there will be a lot of project managers who are listening to this in a way can know, okay, these are the things which I do in project management. If I try to do the same things on my personal brand, I am going to be successful because I know these things. Do Absolutely, you think there are yeah. some things there? I think there's, I think there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. So I think the first thing is just kind of like prioritization and okay. figuring out what, and, and it's really around kind of which bets you should take. And sometimes it's not just huge opportunities, like especially when you're growing, sometimes it's about those smaller opportunities, especially because maybe like smaller opportunities, um, let's say, for example, like a, a podcast, or maybe you're, you're a guest posting on a blog or something. If you start yeah. smaller, you're going to get more engaged audiences typically around that niche, right? Um, but knowing kind of which opportunities to prioritize and then how to kind of pursue them. I think that really is akin to product management, product management to me. Um, I think the other thing is, is just being able to communicate with a bunch of different people and have a lot of things going on at once. Cause you know, if you're, especially like I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, for example, so I'll have like, you know, DMS on both things, or I have posts on both things, like knowing when to post what, and just kind of understanding, how to communicate with different people and, and solve their problems on these one-on-one connections as well. Right. So okay. those are some of the things that come to mind, but I'm, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of, a lot of parallels around it. Yeah. Great. So uh, when it comes to posting on LinkedIn, uh, it always uh, people have that thing in back of their mind that what are people going to perceive about me? So uh, if you talk about uh, something political, it might go this way or that way. There are always two sides. So in product management, also people have uh, two ways of uh, looking at a problem or prioritizing things. Two product managers are not always going to pick the same feature list. 
which they want to build in the next uh, scrum uh, meeting or those kind of things so uh, do you also feel that there is a lot of things which go behind just posting on linkedin or should we be what we are actually and then go forward with it what should be the approach good question yeah i think it depends on what stage you're at like if you're if if you're really early and you're you're not posting on linkedin yet and you're kind of afraid to do that i think because the truth is in the beginning you know especially if you don't have a huge audience yet not a lot of people are going to see your content and so yeah. i think the priority there is just to get out of your shell so if you're summarizing an article sure do that if you want to kind of comment on a recent news thing do that like whatever kind of comes to mind because i think you have to kind of get yourself in the sandbox and get yourself comfortable with even just posting something simple maybe once a week right but i think once you kind of become comfortable with that and your challenge isn't so much the fear of posting now it's getting yeah. more into like how do i raise my engagement where you're kind of in the optimization phase um or actually maybe even past that you actually go into the discovery phase i'm kind of going through the product management here uh the discovery phase is now you're going to start experimenting with different content right so maybe you talk about product management maybe you talk about startups maybe you talk yeah. about personal development you kind of throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and see what sticks right and then i think down the line once you've kind of grown a bit of an audience and you're getting a lot of engagements on your posts and you can kind of use data to understand yeah. what are people liking the most and what's the most effective out of what you're out of what content you're creating then then i think you really need to start thinking about you know what is your competitive advantage what are you specifically good at producing content around what do you have credibility around and then kind of focus in on that so i think in the beginning it's like just just get to the point where you can just get a post out without freaking out and then you kind of discover on the way and then optimize eventually yeah understood so uh in linkedin there are different ways of posting things so there are groups there are company pages uh then people also there are stories which are coming in linkedin there is a video format there's a video format which goes live also uh what is something that you feel uh, is useful uh, when it comes to the kind of posting because a lot of people do a carousel uh, postings also which uh, yeah. where they upload pdfs and do those things there is image posting also link sharing is also there what is that something uh, which you have felt during your journey is useful and then you get more traction sure sure yeah um so i watched an interesting tutorial um i think it's the guy from future f u t r uh, i can't remember chris i can't do. remember his name is it like chris or something or? chris do chris do is yeah yeah he's he's excellent so i watched a video about him last year on YouTube and he was talking about Instagram but it really applies to any social media platform like the key thing to understand which I've recently learned about social media platforms is the goal of the platform is to keep you on the platform as much as possible right and mm-hmm. one of the ways that they do that is they want you to start using all their new features so for example you know LinkedIn recently acquired SlideShare so then that yeah. means that you know they're going to they're putting slide share into the post so now that's a new feature and now the key is you have to start using that right um the same thing i would assume with stories i haven't experimented with stories enough like one of my kind of challenges with stories is and i see this on twitter too where someone's story content is really different to their posting content and it's kind of like their personal life which yeah. is fine but i'm kind of like 
I feel like that belongs in Instagram and Facebook more. Yeah. And then some people do like screenshots of their posts. I'm still trying to figure out like where stories fits in. Um, but in terms of going back to kind of, you know, what the social media platform wants you to do, like, for example, I see a lot of people just kind of posting a link with a one liner. Yeah. And the problem is now the person's going to click on the link and leave the platform. So I think the way the algorithm works, I believe, is that they're not going to push your content if you're pushing something that's going to get people off of it. So then you start putting it in the comments. There was this guy, Jonathan Palmar, that I that I follow, and he has a really cool trick where he says, leave your link in the comment of the post and then take a link of the comment and then put that in your post if you really want people to have a link. Because then you're linking to LinkedIn, right? So yeah. he, he believes that it works. Um, but the, the thing that I found the most success with not necessarily in terms of reach but in terms of engagement because i think for me you know reach is important the bigger your network the bigger you can reach but if if your engagement isn't that great that that's not that's not, that's not useful right but i found that video gets me about 10 engagement which is okay. pretty high like it's it's really really good so i found yeah. a lot of success in video, although I, I told myself I post a video a week, I'm already two weeks behind on that. But um, <laughs> yeah, video, I found a lot of luck with, but um, I'm still honestly like learning a lot about LinkedIn and trying to figure out like what, what things work and what don't. I recently heard a rumor that if you use social media scheduling tools, LinkedIn detects it and then it penalizes your content. So actually this week, I haven't used a scheduling tool and I've had probably maybe even like three times or four times the views. I don't yeah. know if it's my content. This is always the thing. You're like, is it the content? Is it the format? Is it the algorithm? Like what's going on? Did I just not post for two days? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, just kind of understanding what the goal is with the platform kind of yeah. helps you figure out how you can optimize it so you can increase your reach. True. I think the last part where you said uh, you don't know, is it a platform? Is it the content or what it is? And I think that happens with everyone because sometimes for one week you are doing something and when you are experimenting the next week and then you are questioning, was it because of the experiment or was it because of the content? And yeah, yeah. Again, trying to do the same thing and then you're failing again and then you feel like, okay, I think the timing is wrong. Or maybe yeah, yeah. there are so many parameters on which the exactly. content part or the post as a whole is judged on. So then... Yeah. As an individual, it is it becomes very difficult to judge. Okay, is this working or is this working in that way? Another, it's really hard. Yeah, it yeah. is one of the biggest challenges I think. <laughs> Another thing I think video is what uh, is being pushed on all the platforms is what you also highlighted, and then using the latest features of the platform are very true uh, in a way. Uh, as Christo also has mentioned, a lot of marketers mention it that if something is coming up, try to use it more because Instagram is going to push it to a lot more mm -hmm. people rather mm -hmm. than in that way. So uh, as we are coming to the end of the podcast, uh, there are a few things which uh, we discussed uh, before this interview also about you living at different places in the world. And mm -hmm. uh, so uh, do you feel uh, those things have given a flair to your brand because you know people from different parts of the world and you understand their psychology in a way because for somebody who suppose for me i live in india i have traveled a bit and i know the psychology is very different in a way somebody who is in states uh, thinks very differently than somebody who is in canada in that way so you mm -hmm. are in canada 
then somebody who is in uk or somebody is in other part of you uh, europe will be diff- uh, thinking differently so do you feel that uh, living at different places has helped you in a way to understand the psychology of different people 100% yeah honestly it's 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 a game changer and it's kind of tough for me because i can't imagine a different life and so i i just grew up with a bunch of different people so you know it it's hard to kind of tell the effect of that but um yeah even just you know i i grew up mainly with with people in asia so i lived in japan yeah. i lived in hong kong in hong kong i grew up with a lot of like indian people pakistani people um you know just i i feel like i it's funny because I I never really so I'm Croatian but I never really lived in Croatia. I was only I was actually born in Germany and then I was in Croatia for a year. The war started, we moved to yeah. the US. So so I never lived in my home country and I lived in Hong Kong for 9 years. That was the longest I'd lived anywhere before I came to Canada. I've been here for 11 years now. So I don't really have a home in a way and it's funny. I was reading this book called um Third Culture Kids recently. Um and It's interesting because the book finally made me understand. It's like I feel very connected to almost every culture way. in the world because I've experienced most of them. But at the same time, I still feel really disconnected because no one has my experience. So it's kind of like this weird double-edged sword. But it, it's funny, like even just talking with you, it's like I grew up with so many people from India that it's yeah. just so natural. I understand the culture. I understand the communication. especially with chinese people and it really just makes things a lot easier and i can connect with them and and you know it's always nice when cuz to me like people look at me and they're all oh, she's just canadian you know but i actually i'm not just canadian like i actually just got citizenship but um it's like i i actually understand really where you're coming from a lot more than you might think and when they discover that it's yeah. always really cool and they're really shocked and and they can understand that we can get on the same page quicker so I think it's it's definitely helped with with communication skills and just you know being able to connect with people from a different place a lot a lot easier. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And uh, this is what gives you a strength also, which I feel uh, as you were a product manager earlier, and now also you are trying to do that because you have seen a lot of culture, and that is why it is easy for you to build things with a lot of people around you, mm-hmm. with a lot of developers mm-hmm. and those kind of things. because you have been around a lot of people different culture mm-hmm. so you understand that those things more that there are cultural differences and there are sometimes these guys a uh, few people will be behaving like this and then few people mm-hmm. will be behaving like that okay. yeah yeah exactly so, yeah usually i ask two questions at the end uh, of the podcast and number one is uh, as we are uh, so we are getting in a field which is ever changing you were working in a innovation lab so you know things change a lot so what is your uh, medium where you learn things from so where do you learn things from good question yeah i think i i i read like a few books but i kind of found that i i started to prefer online reading like online articles a little more i find that it's just a little more digestible and i like to switch topics a lot so sometimes committing to a book is a little bit difficult for me um so online articles i've been following a lot of kind of personal brands actually like people that have personal brands and they're either either talking about you know startups or personal development or productivity yeah. or something like that Um I've also honestly found I learned so much from podcasts. It's it's crazy. Even yesterday I was listening to 
the Copy Hackers, Copy Bloggers podcast, they stopped podcasting and the episode was from like July last year with Rand Fishkin. And it's just crazy. Like I, it was a 30 minute podcast and, and I, I learned so much about content development. And so podcast is huge. Um, and then I think lastly, just probably other people's experiences. I love chatting with different people and kind yeah. of hearing how they see things and what's worked for them, what hasn't, what are their aspirations. And because we're social people, right? Like we Ooh. learn with what other people have done. So that's probably the, the third piece as well. Yeah. Great. And uh, great thing which you said was a uh, podcast, which was from July also taught you something. So in the same way, a lot of articles are there online uh, for the people who are reading. Uh, there are a lot of different podcasts which you can go and listen to. Maybe the, uh, a lot of them won't be uh, the topics which are talked about. Maybe they won't be there uh, in general, which are there. So there will be small talks which are there, which uh, you won't get it because it has happened in past. But the content always remains there and it is valuable in some way or the other. So you are in a space where you are creating content. You are in a space where you are trying to build your personal brand. So what is the motivation behind those things? And how do you keep yourself motivated day in and day out? Because again, uh, in your job, there was a motivation that salary is going to come. That is one mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people have. And it's a good motivation to have because you are going to grow. Other uh, is your culture of people who are around. So there's mm-hmm. happiness in a way when you meet people, you do something and you know, accomplish those things. Mm-hmm. When you work individually, uh, there is a lot of uh, push that you need in the morning when you want to wake mm-hmm. up. So what is that? Uh, what is that motivation? How do you motivate yourself for last one year now? Yeah, yeah. I think I've always been a pretty motivated person. Like when I first left my job, I had no worry that I was going to waste the time. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been pretty good at kind of keeping myself accountable. But I think I think part of it, and I've been thinking about this recently, like I think part of it is that I'm an immigrant at heart. And, you know, my parents went through a lot of discomfort to give me a life of comfort. And, you know, it's funny because they really want me to just be comfortable, but I want to just keep being uncomfortable to keep fully utilizing the opportunity that they've given me. Right. So I think there's a certain, like when you're an immigrant, there's a certain kind of, you know, a uh, certain kind of motivation that comes for that. You really want to yeah. prove people wrong. Um, but another thing that motivates me and this kind of came as the momentum gathered, as I started sharing more stuff online is just honestly, the sheer opportunities that come with it. It's crazy. It's like, you know, I I posted yesterday about a few things that I did to my LinkedIn profile to just make it a little more kind of welcoming and and it makes sense. And someone reached out to me and they're like, you know, I really need your help. And, you know, I'm even willing to pay for your services. And I was like, well, I'm not even like, I'm not even doing coaching or anything. Like I'm considering opening a coaching business, but for now, like I just do it. I just, I'm not offering any paid services, but so it's like, it's crazy how you actually can become perceived as someone who has credibility to talk on a topic a lot quicker than you think. And that's really motivating. Like when you write on a new topic and people are like, like, oh, like, how did you do that? Can you help me do it? Or do you want to work with us here? Can we can we bring you onto the show or something? It's just really motivating. And that kind of keeps me going. And I think the other part as well is just, it, it's my way of clarifying my thoughts, like yeah. writing content development, writing content on LinkedIn, writing my blogs, hopefully getting into videos soon. Like there's something to be said about if you try to write down your thoughts and you can't write them down, it actually means your cl- your thinking is not quite clear yet. And when you write it down, it really forces you to understand it. There's so much, so many times that I sit down to write a LinkedIn post 
And I'm like, oh yeah, this is easy. And then I start writing it. I'm like, what am I actually saying here? And you realize you're like, I don't necessarily have a clear point yet. Right. So it's actually like my way of clarifying what I think and then getting the feedback from people like, is this right? Does someone else think differently? Am I on the wrong track? Like what else can I add here? So it's, it's, it's kind of like a personal therapeutic thing as well that, that motivates me. Yeah. Great. So on that note, uh, Thanks a lot, Lena, for joining us today. Had a great time with you. Uh, Hopefully the audience will also enjoy the same. Thank you for doing this.